The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC is available online at www.overlandpark.cc. Welcome to Overland Park Community Church. Dan Merck, he loves that video. He loves snakes. Um, If you want to encourage him, he would love for you to buy him a rubber snake for his birthday. (laughs) It's good to be uh, with you here today. I'm, I'm encouraged this morning. I... I don't know if you smell the smell when you came in the building, uh, but if you would have came in yesterday, wow, man, it just hit you really hard. So we were able to open the building up and get it aired out a little bit. We were flooded like in a really, really, like more water than I've ever seen come in the church. The entire first floor was just soaking wet. And so I'm hoping um, we get some insurance coverage on that, but if not, uh, I'm hoping you'll be generous for an extra offering. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you'll be the uh, insurance. Anyway, we've been making up some ground, so I don't want to. I don't want to get behind. So I'm working with the insurance company. We'll see. I'll let you know how all of that works out. I. Uh, do you ever? You know, raise your hand if you've lost your cell phone. Like you're. You know, you're looking for it. You're like you're just. You find it. Man, one of the most frustrating things in the world is to misplace your your cell phone. Um, a couple years ago, I. Uh, I was in a rush in the morning doing a few things, and I had to be at an appointment, and so I was down, you know, in the office working on my computer and trying to just hammer out a few things, and I jumped up to leave because I just had just enough time to get to my appointment. As I went out to the truck, I, oh, I don't have my cell phone, so I ran back in the house, went down to the office. It wasn't at my desk. I ran up to the nightstand. It wasn't on my nightstand. I ran in the closet where I usually keep my clothes where I, I take off and lay them on the, the, you know, the night before. It wasn't there. So I went back down to the office. I went in the living room. I went everywhere. I canvassed the house like three times. I thought, man, if I could just call, I said, if I could call my cell phone, I looked down and I was holding it. It's like, wow, man, what an idiot, you know. I'm running around the house looking for the very thing that I'm holding in my hand. And so the, the Bible teaches us in John chapter 10, verse 10, that our theme uh, for this, this series has been, the thief cometh not or for only for to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I'm come that you might have life and have it to the full. And so we have this description of this, this freedom that God brings into our lives. And when we're living in this place of of fullness, this freedom is just growing. And so life as a follower of Jesus is all about allowing that freedom to continue to to be nurtured and to grow and invest what God has entrusted to us in that freedom with him and continuing to yield to him, continuing to be obedient as opposed to believing lies from the enemy and allowing him to steal from us. um, object that he wants to steal is that freedom. And, and the way it works is he's out for the glory of God himself. This has been the, the celestial battle that we know in the Bible that has been taking place since the beginning of, of what we know as our own um, recorded history of, of who God is in, in the Bible. And so we live in these physical bodies as, as spiritual beings in this physical world. And so uh, we're not alone. And it's very important for us if we're really going to like, let that freedom grow and develop and just increase and let the Lord just continually add to it, then we have to realize that we are not alone, that there are spiritual forces at work all around us, but we cannot see them. They're influencing everything. Like as we're at work and, and, and we're, we're going through our day's activities, there are spiritual forces behind the things that are frustrating you. 
Now, I'm not talking about a type of theology where you blame the devil for everything. But I am talking about a type of theology where there's an enemy out there that is influencing the world in which we live. And the more aware we are of that, the easier it is for us to navigate through situations without surrendering our freedom and sacrificing it um, in this, this, this battle that's going on in the unseen world that we live in. And so the, the writer of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, he gives us this incredibly famous passage of Scripture. And he says um, in verse 12, chapter 6 of Ephesians, verse 12, he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So you hear him talking about like, man, our struggle. This, this, and I think that we could look at this and lay it over our theme verse of what Jesus is talking about in John 10. Our struggle to keep our freedom and keep it growing and keep ourselves in this place where, where God is just moving in our lives. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places and, and, or heavenly realms. And so we, we see that Paul is saying, listen, you got to get this down that your struggle at work is not with flesh and blood. Your struggle when you're in your marriage is not about flesh and blood. And so we say, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. There, there's, there's forces in the midst of it. And so every, every time we go through these um, experiences of, of difficulty and struggle, we have to be reminded that it's not against flesh and blood. It is against these forces in heavenly realms in which we cannot see. So daily, we struggle against these forces that are consistently working against us, especially when we decide to yield our lives to Christ. And we say yes to Christ as Lord of my life. And so now I'm going to be walking throughout life and I'm going to be living on a daily basis trying to surrender and yield my life to the Lord. And so now the enemy is concerned with me because now my life is caught up in bringing glory to the almighty God of the universe. So we don't get, um, we don't become followers of Christ and everything is peachy, but everything should be joyful. Everything should have this, this, this experience of freedom. So in the midst of me struggling with a difficult situation at work, or me in the midst of struggling with a difficult situation as a parent, there, there should be joy and freedom in that. Because I think the freedom um, that we have in Christ, remember, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. We, we talked about that in week one. That freedom is, is, is the more of that I have and the more that I realize I have that freedom, that the fruit of the joy of the Holy Spirit and all of the other um, nine fruits that are mentioned in the, in the book of Galatians, that they just, they get healthy and they, they get, like they, they get plump and, and they get so heavy that they begin to fall from our lives. And other people are experiencing from the fruit that is falling from our lives because we're just producing. And, and that's all wrapped up in our abiding with the Lord. In John chapter 15, Jesus talks about abiding in him. Like apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you abide, he says, if you walk with me, you will bear fruit. And so that's that freedom just happening in our lives. So we have to be aware that these forces are working to rip us off, especially in our relationships. 
And so we go around like me looking for the cell phone, and it's in my hand all the time. And a lot of times we go through life and we're looking for freedom, and it's in our hands all the time. And we're just roaming around looking at something we already, looking for something we already have. And so when we start to go, man, I already have this. I just need to enjoy it and embrace it and walk with the Lord and not let all of these outside forces um, steal my freedom because they're here to steal, to kill, and to destroy my freedom. And when you recognize something as a ripoff, you will begin to react differently in the situations that you face. Paul also says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the, the last part of verse 10 and, and all of verse 11, he says, he's talking about forgiving someone. He says, I have forgiven you in the sight of Christ for your sake in order that Satan might not outwit us, we are not unaware of his schemes. And so there's these schemes, and I believe these schemes are spiritual ripoffs designed to separate us from God and each other. And so the, the devil lays out a scheme, and he's trying to rip us off and bring about separation between me and God. And he's constantly trying to disrupt that. We know that he will, he will operate that way. We see him do it with with Jesus in the message last week as we looked at the story of the temptation of Christ. He's trying to rip him off and he will, the Lord showed us how we navigate through that. But he's also doing it in, in, a, in a way to try to um, separate us from each other. So he, he wants to cause division in our marriages. He wants to cause division with our children. Um, he wants to cause brothers and, and sisters, siblings to have division. And we, we've coined a phrase for it, sibling rivalry. As if it is normal. It is not normal. It is not normal for us to be in a dispute with people that are, we're blood related with. But it's easy for us because the world says, well, that's just the way it is. And some families aren't close and some families are. Listen, as a child of God, you are surrendering your freedom when you allow that separation to hap happen with, with siblings, with parents. It doesn't even matter. You say, well, you don't know what my parents have done. Listen, doesn't matter what they've done. Like if Jesus treated us that way, he would be going, you don't know what that guy did. But Jesus looks at us and, and in spite of what we done or have done, he loves us. He died for us in that while we were yet enemies of God, Christ died for us. And so we we look at that, we go, okay, man, this is about my freedom, and I don't want to yield my freedom to the enemy. And so we looked last week again at, at, at the story of Christ, and I told you in week one we'd be looking at different stories um, in the Bible. So this week we look at Jesus is described often as the second Adam, and that, that Adam, we have the first Adam, the first created human being, and, and Jesus is the second Adam in his perfection. And so today we look at the, at the story of Adam and Eve and we see the first ripoff in the Bible. And we're going to follow that with a story of how Cain was ripped off. And then we're going to look at um, David, how he was ripped off and learn some things that we can apply to our lives. And, and hopefully we go, man, like the reason that the Lord has given us his word and that we can soak in it and read it is so that we don't get ripped off, is that we walk in this freedom and this victory. And so I want, I want you to turn, if you have your Bibles, turn to um, Genesis, Genesis chapter three. Um, the scripture is gonna be on the screen and it's in your U version and, and uh, it's in your, your worship folder, but I'm gonna read a few more verses than I, I put in there. And so beginning in verse one, and we just look at this story 
of a ripoff. And all that I've taught you in the past couple of weeks, just kind of lay that whole idea over this and see what the enemy is doing. Because here you have the original design of, of how human, humanity was supposed to function and exist. And so God places them in this incredible experience with ultimate freedom. Like rule over the animal kingdom in this place of paradise, walking with God on a daily basis, like intimate fellowship with God. And so here they are in this place of perfection. And the enemy, it says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? Did God really say that? You remember, like, this is the same thing he did with Jesus. It's the classic case of how he rips us off. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the tree in the garden, the trees in the garden, but God said, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or eat it. So right there, she's kind of like thinking correctly, and, and she's aware of the situation, and she's thinking in her right mind, and she, this, this is how you avoid getting ripped off. It's like, now God said we could eat all of these trees except this one. And this is where he trips her up. He says, you will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from that tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And it's a fascinating story. It continues on. And, um, you know, I don't know if you've heard the old saying, like, the man blamed the woman, the, the woman blamed the, the serpent, and the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on, right? <laughs> so we look at this and we go, there are three phases of a ripoff. And so it's like, I really want, like, I want you to get this. If you just would get this, I hope that you don't come to church and, like, I don't come and do this for to feel better about myself and that I want you to hear me talk. Like I really work hard to go, how can I help you avoid being ripped off? How can I help you grow in the Lord? And so there are three phases of a ripoff that we see here. Here's the first one is confusion. The second is presumption. And the third is ambition. And so you have to be aware, if you're not gonna get ripped off, you have to be aware about how you can get confused. Again, we go back to the illustration of me with the phone. I was confused. I'm running around the house, I'm confused. The very thing I'm looking for, I'm holding on to. And, and, and so we got presumption. 
And then we have ambition. We're confused about God, what God said. This is what he, she, he comes in and he starts confusing her about truth, about the truth of what we have in the word of God. This is why it is so important. Like we live in this day and age of, of people going, um, you know, is it okay to be transgender? And, and so a lot of times people get into these big debates about, man, I don't know if you could do it. Here, here's why it is so important that we believe that it is not okay. It's because as soon as we believe that it is okay, we are getting confused about the word of God. So it's not so much about beating up on a person because of the lifestyle they're engaged in as much as it is about like, what do we believe is true? Like, do we really believe the Bible is true or do we only believe that some of it is true? And when we start to believe that some of it is true, the devil is like confusing us. And so when, it, when, when, when we think that some of it is not true, we've gotten into such play, a place of confusion that we're getting ripped off. And so we, we look at this and we go, okay, well, a lot of these debates that are happening, I think where we're, we're, we're people don't understand is that it's more about the sacred it's the sacredness and the inerrancy of the word of God than it is about anything else. Because once we start changing the word, this is, this is how the enemy attacks every single time. And the word is so important that the gospel of John, Jesus's best friend and the apostle John, he writes, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, and the word was God. He's saying that Jesus was the word. And so the word has this, 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 um, this level of importance that is, is elevated, and then the word logos is, is the word exegesato, and it means that it is an explanation of something. So Jesus is an explanation of the word of God, and when we read the Bible, we see Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. He's just constantly the word, the word, the word, the word, and so when the word is attacked in any fashion, and we, don't, we like start to water it down and say, well, that's not really what God meant, that's exactly what's happening in the very first story of the Bible. Did God really say that? And so he confuses this woman. And he will do the same thing with us on all of the things that we face that, that begin to become important to us. So he confused her about what God said. He tried the same thing with Jesus. He presumed the consequences. Um, the presumption is we presume the consequences aren't that bad. Like we look at it and we go, well, the, you know, if I do this, even if it's not that, if it's not okay, the, it's not that big a deal. So this is what's happening when we're getting ripped off. Uh, you know, I know that the word says that, but really, I, I think it's okay. I'm, I'm saved anyways. What difference does it matter? I know the Lord. I know I'm going, I'm going to heaven. Boom. That's the presumption piece. And the ambition is, um, I'm going to do what I want to do. Okay. And so we, we have this, this confusion, this presumption, and we have this ambition. They eat, they realize they are naked, and so what do they do? They cover up. This is the first sign that you're being ripped off when you start covering up. So when you start trying to cover up what you know you're struggling with or what you know that you did that you shouldn't do, then you're being uh, ripped off. And so God comes, and what does he do? Uh, and when he comes, they hide. This is the second sign of a ripoff. 
You start hiding from God. So you start pulling away from God. When, when you're being ripped off, you start pulling away from the thing that you know that God wants you to do. And then rather than exercising humility, you exercise pride and you retreat. So like you and your wife get into an argument and you're being ripped off and y'all are just at it, man. Bam, bam, bam. You're just not throwing punches, but verbally you are just beating each other to a pulp, right? Oh, y'all don't do that. <laughs> okay, and so the... And then, and then you walk away, and then you go, man, I, you start feeling like, well, I'm going to show her. And so when you get in that case, then you're trying to, like, your pride is coming out. And rather than walking in humility and being one of the first ones to step back into the situation and begin to uh, uh, try to work through it and offer an apology, our pride gets in the way. And that's how we try to hide and, and move away from what God would call us to do. And so God asks them, what have you done? And they blame. And that's the third sign of a ripoff is you start blaming uh, other people. And so the, the same thing that the devil used as a scheme against Adam and Eve, he used as a scheme against Jesus, and he will use the same scheme against you. It's like over and over and over. This is happening all around us. It happens in our relationships with the people that we work with. It happens in the relationships with the people we live with. It happens in the relationships with the people that we are on little league teams with that our kids are interacting with. It happens in the PTO. It happens in like everywhere. It happens in your family. Like it's always going on. And so what we need is we need to understand what is taking place because this same strategy is used against us constantly. If we don't deal with it effectively, then what happens is we lose our freedom. And so here, here, here's the first thing I'd share with you. Get wise to the ripoff. Just get wise to it. And you can hold on to your freedom. Listen to James chapter three, one of the most practical books in the Bible. If you've never read the Bible, man, and you never really spent any time, you're like, I don't know where I should start reading. Just go to James. Like go to James and you're gonna learn. You can read that thing over and over. And the Lord is just gonna work you through some stuff and, and you'll get a lot of truth and, and wisdom out of it. And he says in verse thir chapter three, verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. Did you hear that? Like, like there's a wisdom out there that is earthly and of the devil. It's unspiritual. He says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. And so we see, we look here, there are two types of wisdom in our world. There is wisdom that is evil and demonic. And here's, here's the scary thing. It is easy to operate from that wisdom. It's easier to go there because your flesh wants to. Your flesh knows it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world, and if, if you don't go for yours, somebody else is going to get it. If you don't react like everybody else does, then somebody's going to take advantage of you. That is the evil wisdom of the world. And so we, we are tempted to buy into that right there. And, and so James says, who is wise and understanding among you? Don't, don't buy into that. Get wise to the ripoff and understand that there are two kinds of wisdom in the world. And we have to understand that this wisdom is earthly, natural, and demonic. And, and the other wisdom, it allows us to recognize a ripoff for what it is. 
And so the wisdom of God that is um, available to us that helps us continue to walk in our freedom is this wisdom that helps us to see, whoa, 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 I'm, I'm being ripped off here. Like, <laughs> and if you, if you learn to walk in that path, I think, man, I, I, I start seeing these things and they start just coming together. Jesus said, walk through the narrow gate. This is the narrow path, the one that is wise to the ripoff, the one that realizes this, this is an enemy trying to get to me. Like this week, like I knew the enemy was trying to step in and bring about division with me and Abby. And so I knew it was happening. I could see it when it was starting to happen and as I was walking through it, and it just helps to be wise to realize that, that, that we were about to get ripped off and it helps us to not get to places that a lot of people in life or in marriage get. And so we have to get wise to the ripoff and the wisdom of God will help us do that. Here's the second thing. Work against the ripoff, not with it. Once you are wise to the ripoff, you're like, oh, I got my cell phone right here in my hand. It's right there. Oh, th this is the devil trying to rip me off. When you are wise to it, you can work against it, not with it. Verse 17 of, of chapter three, he says this. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Anytime you find yourself not being full of mercy, you need to go, I'm not using the wisdom of God. I'm using the, the demonic wisdom right? Like mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is giving a person what they don't deserve. Like it's giving them something um, like it's having mercy on them. They deserve something different from you, but you're giving them mercy. So anytime you're, you're with a coworker and, and then like you get upset, like you don't like the way they did something, then one way you can react to it is just call them in and grill them and just go after them. Now, should they be held accountable? Yes. Like the Bible teaches us that we're supposed to hold people accountable, but there is a way to do it as a follower of Christ and there is a way that the rest of the world does it. And as a follower of Jesus, you need to be one who has mercy. And, and if you don't have mercy, then we, we begin to look and we go, okay, I'm not following the wisdom of God and I wanna work against the ripoff, not with it. When, some, when, when, when you get into an argument with your spouse, you get into an argument with your parents, young people. When you get into an argument with your parents and you blow your top and you're sitting in your room and you're thinking they're so stupid, mercy, mercy for your parents, right? Where's the parents at in the room, man? Like, I'm like, come on, man, preach that one. Mercy. Like, when you, when you feel like someone, like, has done you wrong, mercy. And now I'm operating in the world like I'm working against the ripoff instead of with it. You see, we, we are made up as individuals with these, the, the, the DNA of a human being, according to the theology of the Bible, is the, the sarks, the noose, and the pneuma. And, and so we have the flesh, we have the mind, and we have the spirit. And so the, 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 if, you, if you get this right here, it can change your life, is that the flesh, man, it likes itself. It li this is why it's so hard to keep yourself in check on your weight. Like right now, I'm working against the flesh. Somebody asked me, why you got a beard so early? Because I told myself on vacation, until I lose 10 pounds, I'm keeping the beard. And I want to shave it so bad. Like, it's so hot. 
but I'm trying to get the flesh where I need it to be. And so I, I'm, I'm over halfway there, so I'm getting excited. I, and now I've really elevated my accountability too. You guys know I didn't make it if I keep this beard the whole time, so I, I'm trying. And so, so the flesh likes to eat. The, the, the flesh, have you guys been to Constantino's? Oh my gosh, the flesh loves Constantino's. Like you go in there and that, that, that little deli, or that deli section and that, all those pastries, man. Oh, they are, if you, you just go like, and they sell it by the slice too, man. And so the flesh loves that stuff. The flesh loves to take care of us. The flesh loves to win an argument. The flesh loves to be prideful in an argument. The flesh loves to lose control of our, its temper. The flesh just loves it. It just feels better when it does it. But then we have the spirit. And the spirit doesn't feel so good. And then we have our mind, which is really the control center, our will, who decides whether or not we're gonna listen to one or the other. Now, the beautiful thing is, that when, when we become followers of Jesus and we surrender our lives and mentally we take the mind and we say, I realize that my flesh is, is sinful and everything about me is sinful. And, and we take it and we yield that will to the Lord and say, I am sorry for my sin. Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. Then we, we have this experience where Jesus talked about in John chapter three, you must be born again if you wanna see the kingdom of God. And so the born again is when I lay down my life and I say, I'm, not, I'm no longer going to let the flesh be in control. I'm no longer going to try to live life apart from God. I'm gonna to yield to Christ. Then the Holy Spirit indwells us. And so now we are in this place of victory where Christ is in us. He is risen in us. And we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit as the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. And now we have all this freedom that's inside of us that a person who is apart from Christ knows nothing about. And that Holy Spirit's role is to help us, to guide us into truth, to illuminate the, the words and the truth and the teaching of the Bible and to convict us of our sin and help us to walk down the path of freedom so that God can continue to get glory from our lives and we just yield to him. And so the spirit of God is in me, but the old man is still there. Even though we, he's, he, you know, we, we're saying I'm yielding to Christ and Christ is now in me, the flesh is there. And until we get to uh, the other side and we are in heaven, we will be in this struggle where the devil is constantly trying to get us to yield to the flesh and he's catering to it. And the Holy Spirit is constantly convicting and moving and, 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 and using uh, wisdom and discernment and all and the truth of the word and the church, the body of Christ. All of these things are coming in and they're helping me to yield to the spirit of God. And so we're, we're in this battle. And, and when you, when a ripoff shows up and you recognize it and work against it, this is when you can begin to have like amazing freedom in your life. This is why the Bible tells us, don't be unequally yoked. What does that mean? D like, don't, don't, it's, it's a bad idea to marry a person who doesn't believe what you believe. Why? Because it's hard to get along with anybody, yet alone a, a person that you're gonna move under the same rooftop with. And then you're gonna have kids and you, you're like, you can put two people on the same rooftop, you have a little bit of chaos, you introduce some kids, you've got a war going on. 
Because you got all these independent wills, so you need a, you need a, like, like it's better, the Bible teaches us, that when we yoke equally in our beliefs, because what happens is, is when you yoke equally, um, two people can recognize a ripoff together and work against it. And it's much more difficult when we're working against it apart from a fellow believer. So it's very important for us to have the same set of beliefs. And so we can have a harmony. And, and when we work with the, um, when we work with the ripoff, we end up in bondage. When we work against it, we end up with freedom. So it's one of the most gratifying experiences for me is to, when I'm walking with another human being, whether it be somebody as close and as intimate as my wife, Abby, or just a friend, friend that I have in the kingdom of God, a brother in Christ, and, and we can come together and we have some conflict and we both recognize it as a ripoff and we work against it and see that God, God brings incredible freedom and, and harmony in the situation. So work against the ripoff, not with it, and then face it, don't replace it. Face the ripoff, don't replace it. Verse 18 says, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. And so I, I believe that the way most people work, if we're not careful, is that when, when we um, have a ripoff take place in our lives, rather than face what is going on, we just replace it. We will sometimes, um, instead of working through things, we'll cut off the relationship and we'll just find new friends. We'll cut off the church and we'll just find a new church to go to. And so we just cut things out of our lives rather than walking in freedom. And so we have all of this um, stuff going on where there's just dead wood all around our lives because it quit bearing fruit because we didn't face what we were going through and, and allow God to bring us through it in freedom. If you want to experience a harvest he says, the harvest of righteousness. If you want to experience a harvest, you have to be willing to face the ripoff. And, and again, when you, when you can have that experience with another person and you work through something, you have this deeper relationship and it's always a harvest of freedom. And so I, I just imagine if our church, if all of us just, we just keep walking this out. And, then, and people are going, man, you, you do things differently. What, what is that about? It's about what Jesus showed me how to walk in freedom. What? I didn't know you were religious. I'm not. I know Jesus. And I just, like, I'm following what he taught. And, and that's the way that we're supposed to even share our faith is just be walking with the Lord. And so the big idea is see the ripoff, don't be the ripoff. Like, I was ripping myself off that day in a state of panic because I wouldn't just look down and see it. And so the same thing is happening for a lot of followers of Christ. Instead of seeing the ripoff, they're being the ripoff. And, and we need to be aware of what is going on around us. We see and understand the purpose of the ripoff is to seek, kill, and destroy. And, and, and the purpose of the cross is to add to and increase our freedom. Like the Lord, man, he wants you to, he wants you to be so free that you're just walking through life and nothing can touch you. How do we get to that place? By taking the word of God and believing what it says, beginning to abide with Christ. Remember, his attack happened when he was out in the wilderness abiding and showing us what it meant to walk with, with God as our father. You gotta have time that you're in the word. 
and that you're meditating on it. Like if you're not in the word, you're not walking in freedom. If you're not, and if you go, well, I don't know how to do that, then you gotta find somebody to help you and teach you how to walk in that. And as you develop those healthy rhythms of life, the fruit just starts coming and you're like, man, I, I don't wanna live any other way. Like this is the only way to live. And it is available to you. If you know Jesus, it's not in your hand, it's in your heart. And so you need to ask yourself like, am I getting ripped off right now? Or am I walking in the freedom that Christ has purchased for me on the cross? Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information, visit us online at www.overlandpark.cc.